0: You can get your own electricity, just go outside and build a generator and run around it like a hamster, and it might provide some power for you, or you can pay Pico to do it. You can go into the internet and search all around and try and figure out all the news you need, or you can watch us, and you can trust us, and trust is the only thing we have. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Pod County. I'm your host, Kyle Grantham. And today in the studio, we have 6ABC's Matt O'Donnell. If you are not a morning person, you may not be super familiar with Matt. He he is starting on the airwaves at 4 in the morning every day, waking up at 2 in the morning. The man basically doesn't even sleep, and he is a part of that morning news team. He's been with 6ABC since 1996, been a part of the morning news team since 2004, and just an all-around great guy. University of Delaware graduate, former former Newcastle County in, in that way, and stalwart in the regional journalism circle. So sit back and relax and enjoy this interview with Matt O'Donnell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Pod County. We are joined in studio today with, with by ABC's Matt O'Donnell, the the one and only. We've also got our communications director Brian Cunningham, and I'm your host
0: Kyle Grantham. Matt, welcome to the studio. Kyle, it's a pleasure. Brian, hello again. Hello again. Yes, I feel you uh, forgot
2: to mention the most important thing in Matt's biography. Or mm,
0: one time Newcastle County resident. True. One time. Sure, if, if you consider going to the University of Delaware as being an actual resident. Sure. Okay. Did you yeah. live there? I did. Okay. I never <laughs> voted in Delaware. I mean, when I went to Ohio University, I
1: voted in Athens, Ohio, so I, I consider it. Go Bobcats. Go, Bobcats. Go fighting Blue Hens. Go Blue Hens too. Blue Hens fan. Yeah, for we, sure. We could also say he's
2: probably one of the top three most famous UD alumni. I don't. Nick, Nick, Chris Christie oh. being number one.
0: You think, you, think, you think Chris Christie's number one? You, you put him above Joe Biden have, and Joe Flacco? He would have loved to have heard that. It <laughs> would <laughs> have gotten really exciting. And then he would have said, sure, I'm sure he listens Get off to this. the beach. He's kind of a colleague. He's a contributor to ABC News. Is he? So I'll, if, if I run into him in the hallway one day, I'll let him know. Like People think you're the most famous Delaware graduate right now.
1: I hope he gets a good chuckle out of it. <laughs>
0: He, I think he has a good sense of humor. He, I mean, I mean if you said it to President Biden, I think he would equally be like, "Yeah, that's very funny." <laughs> he
2: has to to be a Cowboys fan.
0: Yeah, God, is sure. He, is Christie a Cowboys fan? He has, I didn't know grew that. up in New Jersey, but was a, is always a Cowboys fan. He went to games, sat in the box with the owner. He's Answer, a th- He's a three for three: Notre Dame, New York Yankees, and Dallas Cowboys. the, yeah, fr- a, the front running yeah, triangle good, <laughs> answers a lot of Unholy questions about that guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my. And the big red sweater, I'll never get it out of my mind. Him sitting in the box with Jerry Jones against the Philadelphia Eagles with his big red sweater. Oh, yeah,
1: I do remember that. He's like, hey, if you can't see me, here's a giant red sweater, just in case.
0: Yeah. That was not intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That only got him on the news for like a full two days, yeah. If he would have ran the year that everyone wanted him to run, which was against President Obama for his re-election. Yeah. Mm Would we be talking about the first student graduate from the University of Delaware to become president being Chris Christie rather than Joe Biden?
2: Instead, Chris Christie did a great photo op with then President Barack Obama after the storm that really sent Barack Obama back to the White House. Sure, which
0: a lot of people would agree with that. I th- I don't think that he would have won. It's just so hard being an incumbent, and here we are, you know, having an incumbent lost an election. Sure. lost the White House. It's so hard. It's It's really tough, and I think that that really played into his decision, Chris Christie's.
1: Yeah, I think, I you know I don't know. I remember covering that election, and I don't remember it being as close as like now when I look back on it. It was kind of not a done deal. You know, there was there was a period where polling was within a point.
0: I don't even remember that at the time with Mitt Romney and yeah, uh, an incumbent needs to lose. It's for a variety of reasons. It's the stock market. There are there's so much data coming in, but when you have a singular event like COVID, going back to when George H.W. Bush lost, right around the recession, there there usually is a singular event mm-hmm. that that takes place. Carter losing to Reagan, and that was a, a, the inflation and the Iran hostage crisis. Mm-hmm. Usually, there's some really main thing. Whether or not it really truly has an impact on being president, sure. it's something that the general public is paying attention to, right, or is the, captivated. by.
1: Public it. perception, and, and if it's any form of you know projectable weakness on the administration, then it's going to take a hit. And a good sure. and a good opponent makes it. Oh, it makes the it the weakness. center center of the, the campaign. Sure, I mean, what what was 2020 all about? It was you know we could have been back to normal a long time ago if we'd taken this seriously.
0: So, sure, I mean, you, you look at Clinton's communication abilities. Reagan's communication abilities, that really is a big help, too. No doubt. No doubt. So, Matt, about
1: you, though, walk me through the, uh, the Matt O'Donnell story. How did, how did you wind up at UD?
0: The Matt O'Donnell reality tour. Yes. <laughs> Take me back. <laughs> how did I end up? Well, we were, my family and I, I mean, I'm still a kid at this point, and we're living in Virginia. I'm mostly from Pennsylvania, but we did move around a little bit and we're in Virginia. I was going to high school there, and we didn't know where we were going next. My dad was in transition with jobs. We thought we we're going to Texas. We thought we might hang around the D.C. area. We thought we might go to Pennsylvania. So I sent out what people do nowadays, 50 million applications. But back then, you had to pay for it. You had to send out actual letters. You can't just go online and fill things out. And my dad said, well, why don't you apply to the University of Delaware? It's a pretty good school. And my dad wanted me to go to Michigan State. That's where he went. That's where my youngest brother went. He's super into the Spartans, super into Big Ten. And so I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go check out Delaware. And it's, you hear this a lot about the University of Delaware. I set foot on campus, and I'm like, I am going here. Now, <laughs> Greek games was going on, <laughs> and we're walking through Harrington Beach with your tour, and they're doing the keg throw. That might have helped a little bit. Sure. <laughs> but it wasn't the whole reason. But it, it truly seemed, I, I was kind of lost in high school, to be honest with you, and needing a, a little bit more direction. I knew I wanted to do this by the time I was a junior in high school. I did just need someone to just slap me around and, and set me on straight. And Delaware seemed like the perfect school for someone who wanted to enjoy all the multifaceted things that you get out of a big school but you're not at a big school sure it's really just the perfect size and and I, i'm so glad i went there it i had a the greatest college experience ever i couldn't imagine it being better
1: i felt the same way about ohio same thing well i stepped step foot on campus and i was like yeah this is nice i dig it and i was looking at missouri and syracuse and you know didn't i cancel
0: the visits i was like this is it this is where I'm going. Did you then participate in the following year's Greek games? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. My fraternity is, just got back on campus, apparently. I haven't really uh, stayed in touch with the, the chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were thrown off. and we While a, you were we had, there? No, well, actually, yes. We were suspended. <laughs> we were on double secret probation. Yeah, right. And then we got back on campus. I was the president for my senior year. I don't know what they were thinking. And a few years after I left for some, whatever reason, we were thrown off again. Uh, Greek life is not the same as it used to be. And I think that a lot of it has to do with, and I think it's improved. I I think it has a lot to do with the fact that kids are monitored 24 seven and you can't get away with the stuff that used to get away with for, Mm. for a variety of reasons. Um, And I think that's good. And I think that, you know, fraternities really shouldn't be just a place where people go to get drunk and, my fraternity was sort of like that, but it also had other things that really enriched my experience. And I, I hope that Greek life is going back towards that avenue again. Do, sure. you, do you have kids? I have two. Do you monitor, monitor them 24-7? They're older. So even more reason to monitor them Sure. 24/7. So I, I tried to... I mean, sure, I might have stolen their phone mm-hmm. once or twice mm-hmm. and taken a look, but there's this app where you can figure out where they go. I turned it off for one of them. Not the other one, though. I like that. Yeah, We'll we'll let them decide who it is. It's probably obvious (laughs) who's the older, who's the younger. (laughs) I I do hope that they appreciate the fact that I have a respect for their privacy, and I don't need to know everything. And it's okay to make mistakes, and these mistakes may be embarrassing, and you need to live through them and figure out, should I make this mistake again, and how am I going to prevent it? And I don't need to know about every single one.
1: I got to tell you, uh, it's how, how my sister and I know which one is the favorite is which <laughs> one my mom tracks. <laughs> she doesn't care what I'm doing. She knows every well, move you my have freedom. makes. Yeah, well, like I said, we just we know which one's the favorite. She, which one she's more worried about something happening to. I don't let my
2: kids know. I tell them, I said, one of you is my favorite today. I'm not telling you which one and then they they fight. They can fight about it. They fight for who... I said, well, if somebody wants to move up the leaderboard, there's lots (laughs) of opportunities, and this game is easy to play. You make me and Mom happy, and you move up the leaderboard. You get stuff.
0: That's a great way of looking at it. I kind of look at it a different way, but maybe somewhat similar. I have two kids, Mm -hmm. uh, older son, younger daughter, and I don't look at who's my favorite. I look at... We create moments throughout Mm -hmm. our experiences together, and even apart, and... I have favorite moments, and I have so many with each of them that, that they're always mine. I don't need a, an iPhone memory to pop up to remind me. Like, some right. of them are just seriously implanted in your head, and you look back. And I, I, everyone told me when I had young kids, and they probably told you guys the same thing, it goes fast. Take a lot of pictures. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't get through the night, man. These, these kids don't sleep. Right. And now with my children approaching adulthood, actually one of them, both of them are adults, you really miss it. You miss the problems. You miss those problems that seem so bad, but now you're like, why was that even a problem?
1: Right. Yeah, for sure.
0: And, and you miss the, the dependence, because that's the thing that really erodes that I think makes you see them grow up is they don't need you all the time anymore. And that's great. You miss it but you appreciate that they're forming their own lives and they're becoming adults.
1: And they're, they're in school or they're going
0: to school? Both of them go to college. Where are where that? My son goes to Ryder University, and my daughter will be going to Elon University in the fall.
1: Awesome. I worked worked with an Elon grad when I was at the News Journal.
0: Colonial League. Bronx. Yeah. Uh, Bronx. Yeah. Yes, CA. Bronx? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and thank you yes. because a lot of people say Broncos. No, Broncos. incorrect. Yes. On, on the horse's, horse's shirt. Expect it, nothing it. less from Brian Cunningham. <laughs> And uh, Elon, uh, the Phoenix, because they had a big fire and half the campus burned down. Is that really (laughs) how they got there? I had no idea that's where the Phoenix came from. I heard they were going to change their name to the Musks. Stop it. No? Stop it. Get out. My daughter is a big fan of Elon Musk, (laughs) so maybe that played into going down there. Like, why not go to the place that's named after him? <laughs> so <laughs> like, isn't the – Wouldn't
2: Kimp- she be very disappointed to you know, learn you know, that you know, this the, campus is not <laughs> named after Elon? What?
0: Where's the electric cars? <laughs> it's sort of like the Kimmel Center was uh, named after Jimmy Kimmel, right? right? Oh, my that's God. That's right. <laughs> Stop it. Um, so
1: is it what, did you know you, – you said you knew what you wanted to do. Did you know you wanted to do broadcast or just journalism when you went into school?
0: I knew I loved to write, mm-hmm. and I had a very inspiring teacher in high school, Victor Christen. He was not with us anymore. I've remained in contact with him throughout his life. He was my creative writing teacher junior year and just told me, just write. Don't worry about punctuation and spelling or even things making sense. And I just loved writing. And, you know, when you're in high school, sometimes you think about what you're going to do. What are you going to do with your
3: life? I want to
0: <laughs> rock. No. I did want to rock. I mean, I, I was a drummer in a band in high school, and we were not even good enough to go to the Battle of the Bands. So I knew that wasn't going to work out for me. So I just worked on writing, and I, I enjoyed reading the newspaper and paying attention to current events, and that just led me down to this path. And I guess I just sort of fell into it. I, I have none, no one in my family is in the broadcasting industry. It was very new to me. And Did, you, ha- did you have broadcasters that you looked up to Peter well, Jennings. Peter Jennings. So uh, Peter Jennings, Jennings. I loved Sam Donaldson's tenacity. And David Brinkley's staccato way of speaking. Was he Meet the Prep? Was he? He was the this week. This week. This week right. with David Brinkley. And he was on a news program way, way mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. on a different network. But he had this way of talking that they had these short sentences. And he would end them. And then he'd start another one. And he would end that one, too. And it would make so much sense. And really, that's what you're trying to do is you're having a conversation with a viewer, but you don't have 100% of anyone's attention ever, except right. for
3: now. Right. We've riveted <laughs> and, and so you can't you, turn away.
0: Yeah. You just want to appreciate that and to make it easier for someone to understand what you're trying to say.
3: Sure. Not sure.
0: dumbing it down in any way. It's just being casual and making sense. Yeah.
1: I, I see a lot of parallels there. I mean, I was the same way. I had a, had a teacher in high school, Michelle Porter, photo teacher, inspired me, made me want to go do photojournalism and, and pushed me into it, and same thing. I had no, no one in my family remotely connected to journalism, and I also feel like I very much woke up one day and was
0: like, How, why did you guys hire me? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I've here? asked that question many times, and recently.
1: <laughs> I will never forget my first, first job in Evansville, Indiana at the Courier and Press. And I'd been there for nine months, and they told me, they gave me, like, a three-month heads-up that we're going to reduce staff and you're going to be the one, but we're going to we're three-month roundup, right? So I'm going to get my portfolio back together. And I remember about a week into, like, trying to rebuild my portfolio to start applying for stuff, going to the editor and saying, what were you thinking? Because I'm looking at this portfolio, and I don't know who this guy you hired was. And he just said, eh, you had good references. Well, let me tell you. Can, can I ask you a question? Sure.
0: I went on your website and took a look at some of your pictures and the one you have in the front is just whoa. The fire image. Yes. Yeah. So it's a it's a firefighter. You caught the moment that this person was carrying a naked child out of a burning home, saving the child's life. Yeah, that I was. Know, I wanna know the story.
1: That was uh easily the most maybe at that moment the most intense assignment. I well, I don't know, I'd covered the, the the Tuscaloosa tornadoes, I guess pretty early into my job there and that was pretty devastating but you know that that was a crazy thing so um so if you have if you know what we're talking about uh, my website kyle it's like the lead image on my website uh you can go see it but there was so this day we had a photographer who was working in the morning i worked in evening shift um, and there was another photographer that was kind of working the desk but covering some stuff as it would come up you know as we overlap shifts and so the one photographer had been out shooting something we heard come over the scanner that the this was a a serious fire structure was involved and that they were calling like straight out calling a second station to assist so they tried to call that photographer who was out doing something he wouldn't pick up so this photographer who was working the desk she's like she calls me and says look i'm going to this thing whenever you get in if i'm not back come out here because I need to get back and I'm like okay that's fine so I got in got the office she wasn't there ran out and this was all in the span of like 40 minutes Mm -hmm. right so I'm thinking like oh it's like 40 minutes in this thing's got to be done and out but fine I'll get out there and see what's going on and get there and there's just smoke just billowing from the top of this building I'm like okay it's not out it's very much not out and I'm looking for either of them because I don't know where we even are, but I want to let her know that I'm here. And I I kinda walk by the one guy. He's apparently been there the whole time. He just that's why he wasn't picking up his phone. He got there from the the first minute. So he's over here on one end of the fire shooting it. And then I walk so I'm like, all right, I don't want to be in the same spot. That's a waste of time. I'll go down here and see what what's going on in the backside. How are they trying to get in? And they were trying to like break these windows on the side of the building to get in. They couldn't for some reason couldn't get in the door. I don't know if it was like a like a steel door, whatever. They couldn't get it down to get in. And I'm working on the, and then I look to my left and she's over here shooting the same thing. I'm like, what the, damn it. Like, there's no need for me to be here, mm-hmm. but now I'm here. So I just kind of walked down and there was like two, this spot kind of between two fire trucks and I could see them like get, someone has gotten in and they've opened the door from the inside and like, okay, the door's open now. Well, that's, that's good. And then you, I just heard someone scream to my right. Oh my God, she's in there. She's in there. And I'm looking, and I'm like, "What? What's going on?" And it was a woman just, just bawling in tears, and I almost went to take, a, like, a shot of her reacting, and she was, I don't know, maybe like me, like, like 15 feet away. So I had a wider lens on, and then I heard, heard just blood curdling scream, and I was like, "What?" And I looked left, and that's when I could see, like, two steps down the step, that child on the firefighter's shoulders he came out and so i just turned and took like three or four images as he came through the door stepped over a hose and ran that image is actually kind of cropped in from a wider frame um and ran ran her down to the end of the road and they started doing CBR on her picked her up got her in an ambulance and then turned and another firefighter was actually carrying her twin sister out as well um and both of the kids survived their mother was in the room as well. The mother was very large. She was well over three hundred pounds. It took five people to carry her out. And being in this
0: structure for all that time for
1: forty minutes, yeah, at least um, probably more. By the time the call it may, may have been an hour. It took, but it took five people to carry her out. She didn't. She didn't make it. But I had the had the image again of like five people carrying her. And you know, at the time, everyone was alive. They ran photos of all of it. The, then, of course, when the mother died, I got so much hate mail for having run a photo of someone who then mm-hmm. died. Like like I had any, one, I didn't have any control over it. It wasn't the editor. Um, but then come to find out, so another photographer at the paper, Denny Simmons, phenomenal guy, college photographer of the year in 1997, I think, um, Mizzou grad, just amazing photographer. Denny had won a major AP award back in like 2000 five for a similar image of this firefighter like, carrying uh, like in his arms this child from the wreckage and looking down and that child had died and looking down it was the same firefighter oh carrying this cr- which did not find out till after and i think he retired like a few months like he i can't like he this now this kid survived you know but i think he kind of knew like i can't do that again i just i can't carry another kid out of a building but yeah that was definitely and i was 20 22 years old, first real job, couple months in, I'd already already covered a major disaster and 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 then this and it was like oh, oh my god. And then I think I found out like a month later I was going to get laid off. So it was like, you know, definitely a whirlwind of a year.
0: Sure. But the, the best paper. pictures are the ones that tell so much. And I I stopped to look at that picture and what what draws your attention more so the child, you cannot, you can tell the child is naked, but, I mean, it's, it's a tasteful uh, angle. But I was looking at the firefighter, and I was thinking, this is why they do this. Mm. They are in this business to save lives.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll also never forget, I had, handle. there was a young girl, this has just dawned on me, maybe like eight years old, who was watching me take these photos, do what I'm doing. And they had, the second girl when they brought out, they, they brought her right out, laid her on the ground, and started doing chest compressions on her, because I don't think, maybe the first girl that's in that photo was breathing, but she may have not been. And this eight-year-old, she says to me, why why are you taking photos of my cousin? Why why are you taking pictures right now? And I'm 22 years old. I have no length of experience in the industry to know how to handle this moment. And I just told her, "I, I I just want people to see how these firefighters are trying to help her. Sure. And and that was all I could think of to say in the moment that seemed to answer the question for her. But then holy cow, did that mess with my head the rest of the night?
0: Sure. I mean I've had so many of those moments and I think you responded quite well for being so new. I wish when I was in school that they would have prepared you oh, for yeah. those moments. And sure. also a lot of the ethical things that you run into. And also how imperfect the business is. And it doesn't work the way it, it you think it should. There's there's a lot of Not me personally, but you're tiptoeing the line of of ethics a lot, and you have to be ready for that. And you have to decide if I am really going to be forced to do something that I think is morally wrong or criminally wrong, what am I going to do? Sure, what what if I'm just married, I'm late 20s, and just bought a house, and it's not the biggest, but the mortgage seems big, and what am I going to do? Risking losing money, losing a house, losing my job. Those are really difficult decisions and I don't I hate when they pick these clips out from small markets where kids are learning the craft and they've just gotten out of school and they make a simple little mistake and they have to pay for it and and, and I did those same things in Binghamton and I got away with it because no one had a DVR and they could go backwards and take a video of it on their phone. Sure. So I think those are things that that probably are more worth. You got to learn how to write. You got to learn how to tell a story, and you got to learn how to toughen yourself up, but also be able to answer those questions that people ask you when they see you do your job and it and it doesn't look right to them. Sure. But gathering news is not a clean business.
1: Uh, you know, I, I don't know how it was at Delaware when when you kind of went through news ethics, but I remember at Ohio, so much of it was like. Philosophical in nature, right? We would we would talk about these scenarios, and you know, uh, you you're on an assignment, and you pull up to a c- a, 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 a crash scene, and you're there before the uh, the responders are. What do you do? Do you pull the guy out of the car? And then do you take photos before you do it? Do you take photos after you do it? What do you, at what point? That's do, definitely a moral question. Right. There. And so it makes you think as a 19 year old, you know, where's the line, right? I'm supposed to be an impartial observer. I'm not supposed to be the news. I'm not supposed to be the guy who is the hero because I'm there to cover what happens. And it's like, it's like the, the Star Trek, you know, we're here not to interfere kind yeah. of thing, right. That they, that they hammer in you and then you, you, it happens in real life and you're a human. And at the end of the day, as much as we talked about in the class of, like, well, there's a line, I knew I needed to be able to sleep with myself at night, right? Like I needed to go home and know that I didn't let somebody die. And I never had to pull anybody out of a burning car. But there were definitely times where I put the camera down and said, I don't care whether I get this or not. Someone needs help.
0: Sure. I mean, think about all the embeds in the Vietnam War, the both Iraq wars, and... You're not a participant. You are there to document history. But what if you're the only one there and it's a life or death situation? It's it's a really tough call. Yeah, for sure.
1: So that was fun. That first job, I ran into a bunch of them. I mean, when I, they sent me down to Tuscaloosa, there were times that I had to kind of draw the line myself and just say, for the next couple hours, I'm not a photographer, I'm a human, mm-hmm. and go out and talk to people and bring them water. And then you know, if they seemed like they were a minimal, maybe I'll come back later this evening with a camera and see if I can sure. talk to them. Yeah. And, and maybe that's broken the ice a little
0: bit. I, I think that happened during 9-11 when so many families were there not knowing where their relatives were and reporters were helping them try to find them, putting their pictures on the news. And that's still telling the story but it's also still helping people too. You, you, you are a journalist, you're also a human being. Trying to be both is very difficult for sure and it's not easy being a journalist is not easy I'm not saying that you know it's harder than say that that firefighter's job who ran into a building and, and pulled out two twins and ends up in the same situation one day or, or a police officer has to make split-second decisions that might end up not coming home or an EMT who doesn't you know shows up to a scene and wonders if He's being, putting his own health in danger if he helps someone. These are all difficult things. And I don't know. I, I guess the, the bottom line is there's no playbook, whatever business you're in. Had to go on instinct sometimes, and other times you might have a little bit more time to think about it. But I think those are few and far between when you're in a crisis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, what pushed me out of journalism, or I think kind of told me, you know what I think I've done. Um, I was covering Pumpkin Chunkin' the year the woman got hit, um, and I was I was me to that remind door. remind me
0: she was hit by a vehicle.
1: No, no, a piece of one of the air cannons. Yes, the, the okay. air cannon. The door. It was a steel door. I remember that? That I think they said weighed like 50 pounds. Blew off, and I was me to that door from her. And uh, it, I'll never forget. You know, the air cannons aren't fun to shoot. They're they're fun to watch but it's the same they Pack photo. a lot of
0: punch they're throwing yeah. a pumpkin in oh yeah
1: i've been throwing a pumpkin a mile right and they're they're and they're, they make this crazy noise i mean they're really cool to watch but they're not like the trebuchets right that are flipping around and dudes are in like it's just a big gun so the photo looks the same right and i'd shot a couple of them and i kind of looked at the reporter and said you know what i think i'm good i think i'm gonna head out let me know who wins the air cannon thing i'll see if i get a photo of them and i had turned and walked away and it I heard it sh- go off, and it made a weird noise. Like, they, they fired three shots already, and this did, didn't sound right. And I turned around and looked, and I could see the door in, like, flying up in the air, and I'm watching it. And again, you know what, an, what a bad journalist I am, because my camera's at my side. And I'm just watching it happen. And then I followed it with my eyes down and saw, bam, and watched it hit her. Oh, and at that point, I'm like, oh, no. Oh God! And there were, you know, again, this decision. What do you do? Well, there were four people way closer to her who, who immediately ran to her assistance. So I picked the camera up and I took some photos of them, like, you know, coming to her. And then you see the, you know, the ambulance immediately rolling in, people backing people up, and you know, here, here I am, I know, almost ten years later after that little girl asked me this question of like, what are you doing? And it was like that complete opposite moment of these adults who just didn't want me to do what I was doing. And one guy put me in a chokehold and pulled me back. And you know, a DSP officer came over and did nothing about it. She made me leave. And like, this guy's assaulted me. And she's escorting me off the, off the grounds. And that moment was kind of where I said, OK, this is the middle of 2016 right like the fervent against journalists had gotten to a fever pitch it was october we were a week and a half before the election and i just said this isn't going to get better and this is how far it's changed in the time that i've been in it and i don't i don't know if i can do this anymore and that 6 months later i was here but um yeah it was just things i don't know how it is for you now cuz i think you know you're probably primarily in the studio but you know how how do you feel like it's changed and do you do you, do you feel like you're still going to be in it forever?
0: I hope so. <laughs> as long as they want me, I'm here. Yeah. I mean, this is where I grew up. This is where I identify myself. This is where I've invested years upon years of meeting people all over the place and telling their stories and, and enjoying the great moments that comes with being a journalist and documenting history. But uh, I think that everything's just magnified. There always has been people who believe bizarre things. There always has been people who believe the press are deliberately lying to people and controlled by corporate or political uh, entities. And there's always people are going to be willing to, to believe what they see on the rack as they're checking out in a supermarket or what they see in some crazy Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram post. So again, th- these, these problems are magnified because there's a, ideas that are crazy can spread a lot easier. There's a professor at the University of Delaware, I wish I knew her name to recall, but she went through this whole study she did about people believing believed in conspiracy theories. And one of her conclusions was, don't be so bent on trying to convince them otherwise. There's always going to be a portion of the American public or any country believes in crazy things, and deal with it. So are you <laughs> trying to
1: tell me that Princess Diana didn't have an alien baby with Tom Cruise? I mean, come on. It was of, Michael Jackson. It was Michael Jackson. Get straight. But yeah, th- I mean, but flat earthers have always been around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And they've always
2: been in your family. <laughs> I <laughs> hope not in my family. Oh <laughs> Well, they're extended family members and you see them and um, I, I actually go to them with their thoughts and and they say, are you, are you messing with me? Are you and they almost don't believe it when i say it to them but it, it's only there when it, when they say it everyone should believe it but when you repeat it back to them it sounds even crazy to them and they're why are you te- why are you mocking me and i'm like i'm not i'm just i'm on board with you i'm i understand what you say and i'd like to subscribe to your pamphlet
0: most most people are sensible people and they want what's best for their families and they want to get the most out of the taxes they pay and they want to have a job that's going to make them happy but have give them opportunity most people are not sitting around worrying about whether Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing in a studio in Arizona yeah (laughs) you know they just don't have time right Right. When you have kids, you don't have time to think of these things. They, they need to know what's for dinner. Yes. You know, get to practice.
3: Yes. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. The practice is...
2: My, so, my car of gas.
0: Remember when your parents dropped you off at Little League practice <laughs> and left <laughs> and maybe went to one of your 30 games? Yeah. Now, if, you're, if you don't go to the practice and watch, you're a bad parent. When
2: did that happen? I do, I do, and I, I do linger at the practice, <laughs> and I don't want to because they're an hour and a half long, and I could be doing it. So I bring a book, and I fall asleep in the car, and... I wake up to my kid knocking on the window. And, there you go. Oh, Time to go, Dad. So, so you you've been you've been coming into people's homes in the Delaware Valley for twenty, soon to be twenty five years. Yeah, in December. Uh, whether it's as a reporter on the street or an anchor, um, wh- what do you what do you like most about your job? What do you? It's probably the waking up early.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's at least top three. <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning, you guys are on. Yeah, I get up at 2:20. 2:20 a.m. Yes. Okay. My m- most favorite part of the job is telling people things they don't know. Right. Which is really what being a journalist is all about. Yeah. And I love moments like this. Okay? Right uh, now it, with me, oh, Kyle? yeah. Oh, yeah. Aww, this is this is nice. top 3 at least <laughs> I feel I, I feel the, really good <laughs> right now. I love the moment when you form a connection with someone else on the basis of your job. Yeah. For instance, I love talking to the first person who runs out of Lincoln financial field after an Eagles win. That's always the best interview. It really is. It's just a lot of screaming usually. <laughs> yes. Well, they'll, a they'll, woo. they'll talk Eagle, you know, yeah. it's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, there's so many characters around here and people always ask me, well, what's the most interesting interview you've done? And, you know, thinking maybe it's a politician or a celebrity. It's, it's just people. And I can go through my head and, and think about, I like driving through the region and remembering stories, because I kind of remember them cataloged in my head with places. And I'll see, I'm really big on knowing municipalities and borders and mm-hmm. knowing the you know, proper separation mm-hmm. of government. For instance, Newcastle County, there's no municipalities, just sort of county, and then you have Wilmington. I, I love knowing about that kind of right. stuff. Never comes up even on Jeopardy, but I, I love to know it. So- uh, I'm driving through town somewhere in, let's say, Berks County, and I look at somewhere and I'm like, I remember that story. I remember th- talking to that person. And I remember what it was about. I love that.
2: Yeah. The, and I think that's what makes reporters interesting people is because they love to talk to people Big and fact. they love yes. to get the story. Mm-hmm.
0: I love meeting people who do a job that I've never heard of. And I want to know, well, what do you do and and how? We and should come back to Newcastle County because we have a lot of those people. <laughs> would you
1: like to know how the sewers work? We'll take <laughs> you like down there. Actually,
0: weren't you guys the ones who were testing the, the sewers for COVID? Poop. Yeah, we tested a lot of poops. That, so that doesn't, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. You need innovation to do something like that. You that do, do need t- a vacuum true... to
1: get the poop out. Yes.
0: <laughs> you know, but a the, more of who would have thought? More of a who would have thought you would have b- been able to determine COVID levels by looking at do you the want, sewer? Do you well, want to talk to the guy? Yeah, the guy who, who had the idea. It? Right now, yeah. we got him right here. Is he sitting across, or standing across the room? Yeah, right
1: yeah. Here. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: County
3: Executive Matt Meyer joining the pod. Hello, executive. I'm Matt. How are you doing, Matt? Why I'm Matt. You? You, were, you were born in the state of Michigan. I was. As was I. You're 49 years old. Oh, boy. As am I. Is this like a... Are you the guy that did the poop in the sewers? No, I did no, not do did that not. story. I read it during the morning news, but I didn't actually gather the material. I, um, I rarely get a chance to question a journalist. Okay. I don't know if this is Retali- retaliation or what we call it. But uh, is this a setup? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's how, how the turntables no, have Seriously, turned. thank you for coming in. Thank you for sort of selling thank the you. Delaware brand. It's, on- it's an Greer. honor to meet you because we have
0: not met. And, uh, you know, this is a position that uh, Chris Coons once held. That's right. This is an important position, the most populous county in Delaware. And you've got a lot of things on your hands. Yeah. A lot of (laughs) of sewage,
3: (laughs) a lot of sewage, a lot of land. Um, So you, as I was listening, you said you start at 2.20 in the morning? That's correct. Wow. And so you're here later. You did the news this morning. I did.
0: I actually took a half day to come down here and talk to you guys. Thank you. usually I, I... there's many... Th- it's it's hard to describe, but I always have something to do after
3: the show that's job-related. We appreciate and, it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Hey, if, hey it's a no problem. I'm an 18-year-old kid listening right now, and I want to be Matt O'Donnell. What advice would you give to them? Go be a rock star instead. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love to tell kids that you don't have to grow up too fast, and you don't really have to listen to whatever. I, I love listening... To what kids have to say, like I was talking to a, a budding uh, journalist who's going to the University of Delaware, in fact, and I was giving her some career advice, and at the end of the conversation, and this is Zoom, you know, it's it's hard, I know it's, but it was a Zoom conversation, and in the end, I was like, "Is there anything you want to tell me?" And she said, "Yeah, I I do," and she paused for a moment, and then she said, "I want you to know that." when people tell me they understand how hard school is virtually, that they don't. Mm-hmm. And that really shook me. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to listen to kids more. And and I don't know, I have this system that I use for my life. So to answer the 18-year-old's question, w- whether a, a boy or a girl, live like a caveman. When you're tired, go to sleep. When you're hungry, eat. When you're not, don't. Like. Don't try and overthink things. Mm -hmm. That's what I do with my schedule. When I'm tired, I go to bed. I don't try to set things and reset things on the weekends. When I'm tired, I'm taking a nap.
3: But when it's
0: it's 2.20, you
3: get up. I have to get up. (laughs) I can't live like a caveman (laughs) then. (laughs) What do you think? We're hearing a lot about local news and sort of how local news is in decline and Mm -hmm. some of the financial struggles. As someone who's sort of on the front lines, you live it every day. What's your perspective on on how things are going in the industry and and for you in local news
0: so for newspapers not good obviously I'm I worked at the daily local news as a freelancer I worked at the review at the University of Delaware so I'm I'm trained as a newspaper writer primarily and I don't think it's good I think that the newspapers were in decline far before Facebook started eating their lunch Uh, the, the revenue stream was going to break at some point someone was going to figure it out I feel badly for all the great journalists who what you have to do to put a proper newspaper story in the paper is a lot of work. It's a lot of checking, a lot of sourcing, a lot of writing, a lot of rewriting. It's going through multiple hands. So I really appreciate their job. I wish I had a way to to figure out how to to get the revenue thing figured out again, but I don't think it's going to happen. And local TV news is, is really going to need to take that flag and plant it down. And that's what we're trying to do at 6ABC. We're trying to provide people with the information they need. This is a, an example. So when Mayor Kenny passed the sugary drinks tax, I think the, after the first year of his mayorship, people went to the Wawa's in the city and called the station asking why the soda was so expensive all of a sudden. And I was like... Why did you watch the news? <laughs> <laughs> we had it. We've been talking about this for a year. I know I sound like Seinfeld now, but I mean, that's it's just like so frustrating. Like we, we do this work for you. It's like if you own a home, you can get your own electricity, just go outside and build a generator and you run around it like a hamster and it might provide some power for you or you can pay, pay Pico to do it. You can go into the internet and search all around and try and figure out all the news you need or you can watch us and you can trust us and trust is the only thing we have our brand and people's trust. If we don't have that, we're done. And I think that's going to be a problem with Facebook and some of these other new, newer, companies, because if people don't trust Facebook, then what does it have? Nothing. Yeah. All your data. Except for that. <laughs> yeah. Just all your data. I wish they passed laws to prevent that from happening. I know people talk about the Section 230, I think it is. And, you know, we should own our data. We should own our whereabouts each day. We should own what we spend and who we talk to and whether or not we're pregnant or what, you know, sexual orientation we have. It should be our ownership of that information, and it's not. They can figure these things out.
1: Well, Europe did it. I mean, you know, that, that's that been a major issue that a lot of companies here had to contend with, was if you're going to have a website that is viewable in, in the European Union, their privacy laws are incredibly stringent. And this is in the last three, four years. That is probably something that we need here. But you can't get people in the same political party to actually agree on it. There, there are some Republicans who are all about it and some Republicans who are all against it. And the same for Democrats. So you can't even get the parties to decide which position they have on it, let alone get them to agree on how the policy should be shaped. And as long as they keep fighting about it internally with themselves, sure. it's never going to happen.
0: I would ask you, executive, this question. Isn't America too inherently wild to really tackle some of these issues? Aren't we too, the wild, wild west in many ways, which is, explains very
3: much how we handled the pandemic in certain We prefer the government leave us alone kind of thing. Sure. I think there's definitely a libertarian streak that's run through the course of our country, whereas you go to a place like France, and almost everything is much more regulated, right, than here. Um, I I think the problems with the pandemic were were a bit deeper than that, a lack of leadership in Washington. I mean, it was multifaceted, uh, absolutely. um, So... Yeah, look, there are challenges. Yeah, trying to regulate social media is is no small feat. And I think it's also generational. I find when I talk to 18-, 20-year-olds, their privacy expectations are very different than mine, and mine are a bit different than my parents. Because their parents are posting pictures of them in the bathtub when they're six months old. <laughs> they don't know
0: what privacy <laughs> that's right, means.
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right.
1: I do find it, like, crazy that the people, when I was, like, you 15-, know, 16-year-old, th- that kept telling me, don't believe everything you read on the Internet, now share the dumbest memes I've ever seen <laughs> that are completely <laughs> factually inaccurate because they saw it on the internet. And I'm where where what's happened in the last fifteen twenty years that just common sense has gone out the window with a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't think journalism is broken because I meet too many bright individuals who are in high school who want to be journalists and are smart and they they're better than than we were our generation because. You know, As we talked earlier, they can't make mistakes because <laughs> they'll pay for it dearly. And also, anyone can be a journalist. The competition is immense. Uh, anyone can, can shoot something with an iPhone yeah. and report on it on the Internet and, or post it on a social media site. Uh, I always tell people, you know, do you see the other stations in town as a competitor? And I say, no, I, I am competing with whatever distraction is near the viewer. Hmm. That's true. So that's
3: a myriad.
1: Second screen. Okay. It, it, it's yeah.
3: interesting. When I was a kid, you know, all there was fake. We didn't call it fake news. There was a lot of misinformation out there. If if Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, Dan Rather said it, then it was true, right? And it, it, in a way, Matt O'Donnell, you serve that purpose today on some level, right? We we depend on you. That not to put too much pressure on you. <laughs> That if it comes out of your mouth, it, it, it's true. As compared to you know one of Kyle's friends posting a meme, with all due respect to all your Sorry, social some, media I, buddies. I love my friends, but I have some dumb friends. <laughs> yeah, posting some meme. Like if 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 Matt O'Donnell repeats that meme on on you know Action News in the morning, it's true. And so we have to be very careful. Yeah,
0: we really do. I, I, I sometimes I feel like I need to live as a monk because I, I don't want to do something, say something, or, or, or be something that, that's going to give a wrong impression. And that, that is a, there's a lot of responsibility with that. And I, I realize some people never are going to believe what I say. There are-
3: Welcome to the club.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> and, and that's fine. But our goal as a news organization is to maintain the trust of the people who, who are in our corner and who have grown up and with the tradition of watching action news and trying to lure in more of those people who are on the fence, like sort of casual news watchers. And then if we can grow our product beyond that to people who say, I don't need the news at all, or I don't even believe what they say, that's
3: great. Yeah. I also think what you do is critical because, uh, not to, not to pump you guys too much, but... It, well, it, no, it, please, uh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, so when I was a junior in college, I went to Kenya, and I lived in Kenya. And there were two major newspapers in Kenya. And almost everyone got their news from newspaper or radio. There were two major radio stations. There was the government newspaper and the government radio station. There was the opposition newspaper and the opposition radio station. The, the ethnicities, the tribes there that were with the government, they would all read the government mm-hmm. newspaper and government radio, and the, opposition, the other ethnicities would read the opposition... And they were living in two different countries. The the newspaper for the government would have breaking news almost every day. And the newspaper for the opposition have breaking news every day. And it was two completely different sets of breaking news. And I said, wow, this is really bad for, like, there could be a civil war. This is the basis of, right? And now Fox, MSNBC, it's like, wh- where are we now? You know, whatever, 20, 30 years later in America, where are we now? And so when I start thinking like that, it gets a little scary. And then there's people kind of right down the middle like action news. That's how I think about it, honestly. I think that the, the local
0: news aspect of journalism hasn't been polluted in such a way where we have to make decisions. Right. Our audience is whoever we can bring into the tent. Right. We're not trying to bring people of a certain political persuasion, someone who lives in New Jersey or, and can see, you know, another area. We, we're trying to get as many viewers as possible. And to do that, it's all about trust once again. With the cable companies, unfortunately, it's been fractured into they can't make money if they do straight along, down the line news anymore because, I hate to say this because I'm in the industry, but it's hard to just do news for 24 hours and keep people's attention because the same stories start to come yeah, up. Yeah, it's got to be unless, breaking. And, unless you have a million reporters and they're gathering you know sorts of stories that you've right. never heard about and you're they're uncovering certain things and they're doing investigations, which we do as well, but there's just only so much time and only so much money. So that's the unfortunate part. You, I, I love the days of when CNN first came out to be able to watch it and watch news. And I, I can't do I feel like ABC News does that. We were just watching together the Jeff Bezos launch. Um, I don't know what happened after the first two minutes. I'm sure
3: everyone's fine. It, it, um, I haven't gotten it was, multiple text I, I alerts. It, so is I think Amazon everything. delivering to him on flight? <laughs> Are they doing that? Drone delivery? Yeah, prime Prime delivery on yeah. the
0: um, – you know, ABC News, it's not trying to play a side. Maybe some people disagree with me. That's fine. But definitely 6ABC, we can't play a side. We'd get killed. We would, we would lose a large chunk of the audience. We're not trying to, to get a sliver We're trying to get the whole thing. My, the news director who hired me back in the day, Dave Davis, said, our job is not done until we get every single viewer, with 100% viewership, every newscast. So until we get there, it's not done. We're all like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's a big ask. <laughs> yeah.
3: Wow. Well, I, I'm Matt Meyer, County Executive here yeah, with Matt yeah. O'Donnell, Kyle Grantham, Brian Cunningham. The communications team is. Thanks for coming in to Pod County. Yeah. Uh, you guys. It's great to meet going. you. I gotta. Jump to the next meeting, if not the journalists may find. Good me. luck
0: with the the business of Newcastle County. Thank you very much. You're running appreci- things are go- going pretty well. I drove in and I didn't see any problems. So <laughs> there, it must be there. peaches well, and cream.
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, we, we appreciate your work and we appreciate a Delawarean out there leading the way. We love, love Delaware, man. Anytime That's, you want to see
1: the sewers again, we're just we're happy that to was take just, you down
3: there. It was such a fascinating
0: thing, uh, along with the University of Delaware and the wasps trying to eat the, the Thank you, other Matt. <laughs> or, the thank you the wasps eating the the uh spotted lantern flying baby eggs yeah they were testing that out but they all left
2: yeah the I cicadas
0: say, took over if we could well, they lifted st-
2: the travel restrictions
1: if we could get some wasps yeah. in my backyard that'd be great because we got so many spotted lantern flies it's awful.
2: matt matt o'donnell what the county executive was saying about uh channel six we do appreciate the coverage that channel six does we do feel Thank that you. channel six makes it Delaware means a lot priority absolutely and i've been in there uh with the editorial board of of the the channel six with the reporters and producers and the back of your producers. days with senator coons that, well you know we should bring county executive meyer up to the uh, editorial board now i don't know if you guys are still someday.
0: we're not letting people in the building okay. yet but hey i'll put it on the maybe list maybe next year maybe okay. we'll put it on the, the list yeah but um as John, long as the delta variant doesn't overtake <laughs> us oh my god and, it needs to and go don't, away don't 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 sleep on it. The, uh, John Epstein, um, the, who runs the Penn Medical School and, and program, put it the best. The pandemic's just not going to end one day and be like, poof. It's going to be like a, a wildfire, and it's going to burn out. And, and one day, it's not going to be so bad anymore. Right. And the smoke will still be there, and you'll see the damage that had done. But you'll be like, all right, it's pretty much over. I mean,
2: We're still polio was still a thing, not sure. here in the United States, but when you go to, uh, what's the what's the organization that eradi- helped eradicate polio? March of Dimes? March, no, it's not March of Dimes. Drawing a blank, but still thinking about it, you know, years, I don't think it's Lions Club.
0: Who the heck? It might have been, yeah, something of, of that nature. Yeah, but
2: um, what you said about the pandemic, my we're a Channel Six family, and no offense to Tim Furlong or any of the Fox no. Twenty Nine people. I know Tim; <laughs> he's a great reporter. <laughs> yeah, and a
1: great teacher too. But what's, I what's think, it, remar- I think, it, think it was Is it 9? Yeah, I think it's 9. Uh,
2: but what's, what's remarkable about you and your and your team and your personalities? Uh, you know, Adam Joseph shared something very personal that happened to him and his family. That kind of told my wife, let's not let our family not let our guard completely mm. down. Well, our guard has been down. You know, we're sitting relatively close proximity with no masks on. I think we were because we were dying to get back to a normal <laughs> if, if we're being honest. But, you know, Adam has, you know, shared that his, his son and and it's public. He, he posted it on Facebook about their...
0: Their relative came over yeah, and, and, and was not vaccinated and, and, and gave them all the virus, even their, though the yeah. relative had been tested recently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and that that's something that is, is remarkable that he has shared that with his, you know, with his viewers, and I think that's something that really
0: builds the connection and the relationship to you, sure. your I mean, personalities and your viewers. Everyone who I work with is special and unique in their own way, and Adam has really put himself out there, mm-hmm. also with the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. and he's really, I, I ran into him a couple of weeks ago, and I told him, you're doing so much for people who feel so alone. Yeah who yeah. may feel like maybe I am gay. Yeah. And it's okay. And it, it should be okay. And you should be able to talk to your parents and tell your friends. And, and that's what Adam's helping out with. And then with the, the vaccine, I hear a lot of people, particularly athletes, who might say, if I don't need a knee replacement, then why am I going to get the operation? Right. And it's not about you. Right. The, the vaccine is, is to protect you, it's to make sure that if you do get it, it's likely going to be a very mild case and you're not going to die, uh, whatever your age, because people of all ages die. I know that the elderly is, is the, the hot spot we're there. But you need to, to get the vaccine to protect the people around you 100%. and to end the, the pandemic one day. And if enough people don't do that, the, the virus will continue to uh, morph and become different and perhaps more deadly and perhaps uh, more infectious and we don't want that and no one wants to go back to march of 2020 i i have i had crazy dreams during that period it was it was awful i couldn't only imagine what it would have been like for a family that had everyone there with virtual learning and the 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 mom or the dad just lost their job and all sorts of other things yeah. i mean it just it was an awful time i don't want to go back did you did you go into the studio i i was I, I look at myself as someone who's least impacted by the pandemic. Right. I continue to go to work. My, my children were are older, so they were able to deal with the virtual learning a little mm-hmm. bit better. And I didn't lose any members of my family. And, and I never got sick, and no one uh, close to me relative-wise got sick, right. thankfully. Right. thankfully. Right. And you know what? It, I would love to say it's because I was so careful. I, I have a lot of friends who got it who were really careful, right. and they still got it. No, you're looking at all these Olympic
2: athletes that are testing positive, and I'm sure they, they're not willing they, – they aren't willing to throw their dreams away. They've been working for it for five years,
0: and they, they still you know, sure. got, got – and, and people say with the vaccine, so I don't know about the long-term effects. And yeah, sure, we don't. But this is the biggest beta test in the history of vaccines. Mm-hmm. People across the world are using the same technology that we're using for the Pfizer and the uh, the Moderna vaccines. And – think of it this way, 25% is the estimate of how many people have long-term effects from the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And right. the effects are, in some ways, debilitating. A lot like you hear about people with chronic Lyme disease, and they just never... Elena Deladon is right. someone who, the great basketball star from Delaware, she, she has debilitating things that happen to her, all because she believes uh, you know, getting Lyme disease. So why risk that? When I just... I, if you want to play your, your chances get the vaccine rather than getting the virus and maybe having something that's going to be debilitating for the rest of your life.
1: Well, I I think that's really important. You know, I don't think we talk enough about the, you know, for Elena, she takes like 60 pills a day just to function, right? She's missed uh, so much time in her professional career, which is a phenomenal, I mean, she's an MVP, multiple time gold medal winner, and missed time in college because of a disease that came from a tick bite, right? And so it's a simple thing that has ballooned into a major thing that will affect her for the rest of her life. Sure. And COVID, you know, so many people take it as a, well, my odds of dying are so low because I'm, you know, not over 60 and whatever. But, you know, the Orioles first round draft pick last year, Heston Kirstadt, has not played a minute of baseball. And we don't know if he had COVID, but he's had myocarditis for over a year. And uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, pitcher for the Red Sox missed all of 2020 because he had covid and he got myocarditis
0: scott kingery of the phillies he right. got covid and he wasn't right afterwards and he hasn't really been right
1: and now he's having m- whether s- it's from COVID or not right. yeah
0: so sure by the way elena Deladon, what an awesome oh representative my god for the university of Delaware. F- I,
1: just phenomenal human i
0: was able to sit down and do a podcast with her and it was just great okay. i i can, you, I can love get her just, on our podcast I can give you her contact. i just. I just. I love being associated out. with the same place yeah. she is because yeah. she truly yeah. is a great person. Yeah. comes from a great family, and she's a superstar. Yep. How we doing on time, Kyle? Um, well, I, I don't what know. other guests are you having in that are going to come in and I, don't, I think that's it. I think I was, this it. is your life. <laughs> I was or, not expecting Matt to pop in. Would it be like Patrick Harker, popping in? Former. President yeah, of the University of Delaware, no. now Federal Reserve, at the Reserve, yes. President in Philadelphia.
2: No, who would you like to least see pop in to this? Uh... Uh, I, I like how you looked right <laughs> at the door, like <laughs> <you're> <laughs> waiting. Because we've got him right here. <laughs> I mean, I don't
0: have any enemies, but That you, you Yuki, know of Yuki? Come on in, Yuki. Well, oh, no. Yuki and oh. I, oh. I are friends. He's a Delaware. I've played golf well. with him. He's uh, he's Yuki is he's a special dude. He's a, he's a Delaware. Yeah, I don't I don't mind competing against people like him because right. he is. First class all the way. Oh, God. God, yes.
1: He, he, he had a cameo in, um, what was the the, the glass movie, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan?
0: Or was it the happening? I feel like he's popped in on a few. The M. happening, Night. I've met M. Night Shyamalan. He is a great person, great representative of being from the area. Yeah. D- done some great movies, yeah. but the happening was not good. That, I haven't is, seen The Happening, so... That was the one with Mark Wahlberg in it. Oh, oh I really? did not see mm-hmm. that. Once I saw The Village, I think I checked that it That was on, rough. And I liked like, Signs. I mean, Sign- I, obviously, The vibe. Sixth Sense was great, yeah, and yeah. I, I loved uh, Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Glass was like and the Split end of that. And Split was good,
1: too. So that Glass was the end of that trilogy. Sure. And he, I, I remember Yuki had a cameo, in it. I should be like, ah, it's Yuki, hey! <laughs> I get so excited. Like I got excited in Unbreakable because
2: at the end, there's a reference to a Temple football player. Nice. And... You don't really don't see Temple football mentioned it's in true. the pop culture. I thought it was a
0: great movie. I actually talked to M. Night about that movie, and he's like, it really didn't play well because at that time, the superhero movie was not popular. Right. Now mm-hmm. look at today. like Every movie is a superhero movie. Right. Yeah, if go, you release that now, it would have been a blockbuster.
1: Go back and watch it now because I, I, I didn't watch it, and then I watched Split, and I was like, oh, this is really cool, and then I watched Mr. Glass. I was like, this is fantastic, and then realized that Unbreakable was the beginning of the trilogy and went back and watched it. I'm like, this is the best of the three. But again, at that time, sure, it had not, the superhero movies were not the thing.
0: No, they're not. And, and I think some people in Hollywood complain because they don't feel like it's truly acting. They're sitting there in a sound screen and yeah. doing things and not knowing what it's going to look like mm-hmm. when the final product is put together. I'm not a big fan of superhero movies myself. I, lo- I, I love Batman. I wanted to be him when I was a child. I used to have this big wheel, and I'd drive it around with these snow boots on and the <laughs> back cape, and I would... <laughs> this is going to make you think I'm really weird, but it's true. I would put worms on the back of the big wheel mm-hmm. and drive them around <laughs> and then put them back. That's... Yeah.
2: where the worms I don't know your... why. Talent, I was the Gothamites certain, that you I'm, were perhaps, rescuing. Perhaps, perhaps okay. okay. so it was
0: Batman's taxi
1: service, <laughs> is what you were operating for. <laughs> Just worms. Curious to know
0: what it was—a u- role It the was an Uber did. for worms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird business model, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Don't think it's gonna get through Shark Tank. Well, it's very no. dangerous
2: for them to travel. And well, I was we're careful. S- we're so glad that we had you. You know, you're not the hero we deserve. Were you just, you the you were just getting them out.
1: across the street so they didn't dry out? No, we
0: just
2: uh, brought them back
1: no, to where true. they started. We're talking
0: them. about four or five years old. I can't tell. I just, my parents would remind me. You know, you used to like, <laughs> drive worms around the neighborhood. Yup.
1: Is that their way to bring you down anytime you're feeling too high? Sure,
0: sure. I used to, we had an, this is in Michigan. We used to have this apple tree. Like, it was an apple tree. Right. Like, how often do you have like an apple tree in a yard these days? And I would climb it. I'd be obsessed with climbing it, but I'd get to the top and I'd start crying. I wouldn't want to come back down. Because I don't know if I was scared, if I realized there was a top and the the climb was over. And so they'd hear me, and they'd be, oh, there's Matt. He went up the apple tree again. Got to go get him down. He doesn't know how to get back down. It's sort of like a Groundhog Day situation. And mm. Would they take a broomstick? I don't know. And poke
2: around at you? Or?
0: or just maybe grab my arm and... Sure, <laughs> that tree probably
1: seemed huge to you as a little kid. It probably wasn't that big.
0: We went back to... We lived in Dearborn Heights, which is mm. a border city to detroit and i remember seeing it the apple tree and it was big yeah, yeah but that big. was that was much later though when you much later it. right so back when i was not climbing things and not coming back down
2: yeah. <laughs> so did you try to climb it
0: when you went no down? no no i used to live in minnetonka minnesota and i was covering the republican convention there when mccain was the mm-hmm. nominee mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm gonna go check out my house and i went there and i knocked on the door and i said <laughs> Listen, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm a TV reporter in Philadelphia. I'm covering the convention, and I used to live here. Can I just look around? He's like, yeah, come on in. You know, Minnesota yeah. hospitality. And it's weird. Did you get a hot plate? No. No. Isn't
2: that what they serve? Isn't that like their food is the hot plate? It's like some sort of— I was of... only
0: there for like a year and a half, It's like so a big dish I don't oh. remember. It's like casserole. I remember they had a lot of lakes. But anyway, uh-huh. if, if, so I, I lived in this house, and mm-hmm. I have these memories. And then you carry these memories with you. And then you go back to that place, and your memories are all wrong. Hmm. It didn't look like the house that I remember. But mm-hmm. I remember my parents gave me the address. They knew which house it was. And I found that you hear, and we're getting into legal issues, witness accounts are not right. 100% accurate. Right. You, people can say it's a, it was a red jacket, it was blue, it was black, there was no jacket. It's weird how our memories work. And it's almost like uh, one of my favorite David Lynch movies. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is that Memento? Did he do a Memento? no? He, that was Christopher Nolan. Okay, it was the one about the guy. Um, oh, Lost Highway. Lost okay. Highway. So there's a line in there where they say he doesn't like to remember things as they were. He likes to remember them as he remembers them.
1: It's pretty accurate. How I think most people yeah. would it, most yeah.
0: people would not. Maybe they would be taken aback. But I think most people, if they thought about that, would agree. I, yeah. I your wouldn't. memories protect your, they're almost a defense mechanism.
1: I, I, it's funny you talk about that kind of distortion of stuff. Like I can remember, you know, my vision of like the blizzard of 96, right? The big storm that we had or 97, whatever sure. it was. Uh, I can remember there just being like mountains of snow and like that we could, we didn't go to school for a week and there was just, you know, you walked down the driveway and snow was above your head on either side, having it plowed out. And then I saw photos and I was like, the snow drifts were like two and a half feet tall. I was just short. <laughs> <laughs> but in my head, it was the most snow I've ever seen ever in my life, even to today. I'm sure I've seen more snow, but that's my vision of it because my perspective sure. at that time. It's
0: relativism. And if you think about another thing, time, we, our bodies don't have a way of telling time. It's not a biological thing. We, we invented an atomic clock and it can tell exact, exact time. But that's why time always seems different when you're having fun and when you're bored. It's always different to you. Yeah. When you're when you're young, it seems like it, it's going, you know, very slow. And then when you're older, it's it's fast. It's I, I love talking about these kinds of yeah. things. I just think it's neat. Yeah.
2: Do you, do you ever freak yourself out when you think about, like, how little your kids were
0: at one point And when you turned around, they were little, 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 and now they're... It freaks me out that I was responsible for two <laughs> children to begin with because there's no parenting handbook. There, uh, there are some, but there really isn't. Nobody reads reason. It needs to be a personal handbook, and they're not going to write one for every single person. You really learn on the job, and you make mistakes, and sometimes you flourish, and, and then you set them off, and you, you have hopes and dreams of what they're going to be, but they're going to be who they are because they're individuals. And they're going to end up like you. Did your kids get tired of you, like, being noticed or recognized when you would go out in public? I play it down a lot, and I always try to make them realize that no one is special, and you guys aren't special because you're my kids. You're, I, want, I don't want you to be known as Matt O'Donnell's kids. I want, I want to be known as your father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you be yourself. You know, I try to separate that. I I lead, I lead a very private. Right. Uh, I'm like a hobbit. I don't go out much. <laughs> you might see me here and you're there. You're not but... out in Dan Gross's columns uh, twenty years oh, ago. Oh, I remember him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were so afraid of getting caught doing something. That was like before the social medias, yeah. and now that you can get caught anywhere doing something. And Dan Gross was a Philadelphia. But we used to read to, his stuff. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Because it was okay. fun. You know. Well, it's fun to see other people get caught.
2: It's always funny when it's not you. That's what I. It's funny because it's not you. Yeah.
0: I remember one time we were doing a story on a a group that was renovating a house, maybe for the homeless. And they told me, Matt, we just painted that wall. Just stay away from it. And I had my (laughs) best suit on. And I leaned against the wall. And the person comes up to me and says, "It turns me around. And it was a gray suit. And it was yellow (laughs) all the way down. And I think I was in his column for that. And I was terrified. Because you never want, you don't want negative press, whether yeah. it really was negative or not. And I, d- I mainly just. Well, somebody's felt really gonna bust stupid. your chops when you get back. I just felt so stupid.
1: Now you make a TikTok about it.
0: Sure. Did you yeah. try to
1: expense that suit
2: to corporate?
0: I took it to the cleaners that I use, uh-huh. and they got off the paint. No wow. way! Wow. I swear to God, I could not even See tell. See that? Wow. A cleaner they were putting turpentine on it while it was there. And do I'm like, I don't know if I should put <laughs> turpentine on this suit. Oh, in the in the house. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't stand near any open flames on your way.
0: Do these cleaners still, are they still in business? No. Um, damn uh, it. I, I walked in and I'm like, I messed up. Nope. I got yellow paint <laughs> on a gray suit. Whatever you can do. Not thinking that. It, it, I, I'd be like, oh, part. I might wear it if you know I'm anchoring and I'm, I'm always facing the camera <laughs> right. and you can't see my back. But they got it all off. Do you wear shorts sometimes on the desk? Never. I I, And I, this is the way I look at it. What, what is the Jeopardy guy, James Hertzoff, the, the Jeopardy James? Oh, okay. So he would practice in his house, and he would wear what he would wear on Jeopardy. Shoes that are not comfortable, and the clothes and everything. So if I don't wear all the clothes that an anchor person wears, I don't feel like I'm anchoring. So I have to wear... <laughs> I can't wear shorts. Plus, we do a lot of standing, walking around. Right right right, 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 right,
1: It would be funny though, if you just got up and you had shorts on, but a full suit.
0: My legs are not tan. <laughs> your most embarrassing moment on air? Embarrassing. Oh, I can't. I don't think that's ever happened. No, no, that's pretty good. Uh, hold on. Like the the teleprompter didn't stop,
2: and you are
1: had you to. Ca- are you called one of your coworkers the wrong I'm name? I'm Ron
2: Burgundy. Yes. <laughs>
0: Something like that. Throw it to you, Steve. Uh, Well, it's Jim, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, plenty of stuff happens on a day-to-day basis. When you're on the air for four hours, there's always going to be moments like that. But I think what makes our team so great with Tam and Karen Mm -hmm. and David and and Matt is that we use those moments and play them off and make them fun. Right, right. And I I think the viewers really like that, especially in the morning when everyone is like, oh, my goodness.
2: I I remember being, I think it was the CBS when I would be in there early with whatever a circus clown, when I worked at the Wells Fargo Center, or or it's like a almost like a party atmosphere because they pump in loud music and people are dancing to like keep blood flowing at five <laughs> o'clock in the morning. I was like, it is too loud. There's too much action going on, and I I think I won just by getting my guests there at five thirty in the morning. Because that person's looking at me like they also want to kill me because sure. they're not up at 5:30. You know, you're t- you're, you got farmer hours, and I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know. Just
0: do your best when you. I, I would there. love to have farmer hours. I feel like I have forex trader hours. <laughs> like if I was trading Deep-sea foreign exchange yeah. Yeah. stocks yeah, 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 yeah. in Europe
1: on the Nikkei, or what? Yeah, Nikkei.
0: Nikkei. Yes, that would be Japan. Yeah, yeah. you could do that. Just set up your or laptop. Or the FTSE. Footsie's in London. Okay. Yeah. I can't name them all.
2: So, Matt O'Donnell, n- never once been embarrassed on television. I didn't say that. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't come up with a good enough story uh, to tell I'm, you. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Um, sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, anyway. All right, you want to wrap it up? We can wrap it up. Matt,
1: do you, 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 anything else you want to?
0: I actually have a lot of questions for you guys, but sure. we've been doing this for a long time, no, so right. I don't <laughs> want to. If you, you want to ask us questions, us? that's Nobody fine. Who
2: wants to hear from us.
0: I think that because Delaware is such a small state that people who live there feel like they don't have a particular identity. And as small as it, is, it there is, there are distinct sections that are very different. Obviously, the north is more populated, the south is less, and there's the beaches, and there's parts that feel more like Maryland, and parts that might feel more like coastal Virginia, and parts that feel like Philadelphia. What do you guys think is the identity of a Delawarean?
1: As the native Delaware, Kyle, and you want to actually answer the question?
0: Sure, sure. Kyle's looking
2: directed me. I, I think Delaware—the the identity of a Delawarean—is is someone who cares deeply for their neighbors, uh, for their community, for their um, their family. They love to. They work. It's not their identity, but we're we're happy we chose Delaware. I came back from Philadelphia uh, after 15 years because I wanted to raise my family in an affordable uh, place that had. Lots of amenities. That's an hour and forty minutes uh, drive to the beach. Thirty-five minute drive to Philadelphia. Two-hour drive to Washington. Two-hour drive to New York City. So, if you want the cities, you can have the cities. If you want the beaches, you can have the beaches. If you want the farms, you can drive thirty-five minutes south. You can have the farms. Um, my my kids have done FFA. We live in the suburbs in Newcastle County, but they've gotten the agriculture lifestyle they want they, if they want to go to the beach they love going to the beach they drive an hour and a half and you have some of the best beaches in the country uh in in Rehoboth and Dewey and Bethany and Cape Henlopen so um I think we have the best of both worlds when I you know have the rare opportunity to sell someone on Delaware on moving to Delaware great place to live great place to raise a family and um amenities tons of amenities
0: yeah. we
2: just don't have mountains <laughs> Just, okay. I got to drive two and a half hours. Yeah, I Pokemon actually hours. did
0: a story on the, the highest point in Delaware. It's right off of Neyman's Road. Ebright, Esimuth, or Ebright. Something Ebrite. like yeah, that. It, yeah. It's only, what, 461 40 feet?
1: 461 feet. Yeah,
0: something yeah. ridiculously low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: the the average uh, average elevation of Delaware is like 40 feet. It's very flat. Yeah, it's very, very. I think we're the flattest state in the Union. Could be. Yeah. But if you run the Cesar Rodney,
2: Half marathon, it does not feel no. flat. There's yeah. <laughs> two.
1: Let's start with a hill and end with a hill. Your knees. Helmington.
0: I agree with what you said, Brian. And I mm-hmm. would just put it this way it's a state that could be flashy, but really doesn't care to because it's humble.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, as a transplant and someone who grew up in Maryland, and we spent a ton of time here, we went to the beaches here, we shopped here because tax free shopping is pretty sweet. But I think, you know, my, my wife's from British Columbia. And so, like, it was a big sell to get her to come here especially after when we got married, we were living in Wyoming. And, you know, like, let hey, look, I know you're going to, when we got married, I was like, look, I know you're giving up mountains and the ocean, but we're going to go to Wyoming. There's still big mountains everywhere. There's, and there's rivers and there's lakes. So we still got, you know, that. And, and I think she was okay with it. And then like five months later, we moved to Delaware. And uh, I was like, okay, look, there's no mountains, but there's a beach. We got beaches and they're two hours away from where we're going to live. But we still got beaches. And, uh, you know, but, but I think the big thing that has impressed me, has been like the commitment to land preservation here. The number of parks that we have in Newcastle County and not just county parks. I mean, there's 250 of those, but the state parks. I mean, we live right over basically in White Clay Creek and we get to walk our dogs in a state park every day. When we lived in Wilmington, you know, we could go to Brandywine. So we'd go up to Brandywine Creek State Park. You know, we could hike in there and it, it, you're walk- and first state national historic park. You're walking through history everywhere you go, and this has all been saved. And a lot of the times these were incredibly wealthy people's estates. Sure. And they had the forethought to say, well, when I'm gone, other people should be able to enjoy this. Um, DuPont's one of those families. And, and I mean, that to me really sets Delaware apart, that there's this focus on everyone having a stake and enjoying what's here. Mm -hmm. And And you also
0: lived in two states that are only among a handful that only have one congressional representative.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wyoming
0: uh, and, and with British Columbia, you were, uh, your wife is near uh, Alaska, which is also one representative. We, we, we,
1: we've, we've been to Alaska. So, uh, there you go. So yeah. then
0: you, that's the trifecta.
1: Yeah, we've been in there, and, and I've been...
0: There, there should be a tour of all the states, <laughs> <laughs> one congressional um, well,
2: representative. I'm trying to think. Did I may have been to all w- of them. Wyoming to Delaware, where you've got more people and less space. Right. yeah
1: yeah Does so Wyoming
0: have a million
2: people
1: Wyoming uh, has I think, so.
0: I think it's like 300,000 No, it's
1: just, it's just under six um, there's as many people in the state of Wyoming as there are in Newcastle County and so Wyoming is the second lowest state for population density it's about one even person. less than Montana yeah it's about one Montana has over a million um, hmm. Wyoming's one person per square mile Alaska is the the only one lower and it's one person per five square miles but Alaska is the size of like three Texases. Sure. So, you know, it's, it's absolutely massive. Wyoming is a great state in the sense that you can drive two hours and not see a human being the whole time. Um, and it's gorgeous and beautiful. The craziest people I've ever interacted with really? in my life. Oh, huh. just, I mean, I was there for a year and just heard some of the most insane things I've ever heard come
0: out of a human being's mouth. Well, when hmm. you're
2: left alone that long,
0: It could be a lot of it. Or
2: just in a house with just the people you live with. Could be a lot of it. I've read a a a lot about how
0: Yellowstone is actually a super volcano. It is. Um, it, It is due, like, eventually, but not within maybe even Earth's lifetime. It's just a... It, it'll probably go
1: off at some point i mean if you look at the cycles of it you could say that it's overdue but it's tough to really track a volcanic cycle for something that large back
0: accurately that i bet the visitors
2: bureau is really trying to tamp that down
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it i mean if they could figure out when it's happening then it'd be great because yeah. then people could get their visit in yeah
1: get, get it in now before <laughs> <away>. most of <laughs> the united states is destroyed by it i'm it, it's Yellowstone is is absolutely unbelievable. Uh my favorite spot was Devil's Tower, which is the eastern eastern northeastern corner of, of Wyoming just cuz you drive through the Black Hills to get there if you're coming. I was in Casper, which is central. So if you're coming from the that South Black Hills which are in South Dakota as so, well, and, right? And and yeah, the primarily, but they run into that corner. Sure. And you're driving through just this winding, I had a Camaro, it was the best drive ever. It just just all these turns. Nice. I felt like it was in a video game. And then Were you you're like Night Rider? Yeah. <laughs> And then you just come kind of like over a hill and you see it like come up. Mm. And it is the, oh, just cool. the coolest thing. Yeah,
0: I've, I've been to Colorado, which I, is similar, but I've never been to Wyoming. I'm definitely... Highly recommend sure. it. Sure.
1: Um, yeah, Dude the, Ranch. Bighorns. Bighorn Mountains are amazing. Uh, we get I got to see dinosaur footprints like in oh, the ground yeah. and like walk where dinosaurs walked. That's which fantastic. Is, I got to see a dinosaur. This was, It was an assignment, but the University of Pittsburgh has a dig site that they take students do every year, and I embedded with them for a week and got to see a dinosaur in the ground, which it was one of those big, like, long neck guys. It wasn't a brachiosaurus, but it was, you know, a big guy. And it was the just unbelievable. Like, this this is right under my feet. I, you would have no idea. I mean, it's n- not here. Our soil doesn't preserve it, but out there, everywhere you're Cause walking. Because it never rains, right? It, it's a it's a very have, arid climate. We have a lot of clay, which isn't conducive to preserving it, and they've got a lot of limestone. I think I, that was all inland sea at
0: one point, and so a lot you of see the limestones in Wyoming. Yes. Yeah, and the dinosaurs knew that, so that when they made their footprints, yes. they knew it'd be preserved. You're right.
1: You got it. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, I don't know. This, it, this is a, this is nine years ago. I'm trying to remember all that. I
0: data dropped about
2: geology it, after two weeks at Temple. They told me it was rocks for jocks.
0: Right. Hmm. I took a, was a not, geology class at Delaware. I loved it. Yeah, it was not. I'm like,
2: this rock looks exactly the same as
1: that rock. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you one thing that was really crazy. I did like a, a surface survey. So they'll just go out and they'll look at things on the ground. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're like, this. What am I doing out here? It's 100 degrees. Uh, it, there's no shade anywhere. And you're just walking around and you're finding like this arrowhead. Right here, and they'll pick it up and they'll look at it, and based on the stone that it was and where it is, be, oh, this has been sitting in this spot for 2,500 years. That's cool. Just They you know, got fired at a buffalo, they missed, and it's just been sitting here until you picked it up. That blew my mind.
0: When I was in Pennsylvania as a child in Chester County, we found an arrowhead, authentic, made out of flint. Yeah. And it was the true cool. arrowhead with the pointy sides and the pointy top, and it was awesome.
1: I found a piece of obsidian when I was out there. And that's, that's the lava rock. Right, right, yeah. And one of the researchers picked it up, and she said, this is actually a pretty huge discovery, because the nearest place you could find obsidian is 300 miles
0: away. So it could have been launched in the air from an eruption?
1: I mean, it's it, basically
0: a, lo- it's a lava diamond.
1: Kind of, yeah, it, but this had been clearly had been manipulated by a human. Okay, and so you know the the, the nearest spot you would have found it was like New Mexico, and it's hmm. like someone five thousand years ago brought this. With Lewis them. and Clark, maybe.
0: Yeah,
1: Lewis and Clark is another fascinating story. We, we don't, don't talk about we don't, Do we have I, time for so this? They made it down. over the
0: Continental Divide. They did. And they got to, was it Oregon? Well, or they, were try, River? They, they
1: were trying to find a water route to the Pacific Ocean, which they, doesn't exist. I guess they, uh,
0: what, at what point do you realize we've been going up and now it looks like we're going back down again. Mm-hmm. And then now we've seen we're seeing a large body of water. And then, like, what? I, I don't know if the concept of a Continental Divide would have made sense to anyone back then.
1: I mean, the natives that were helping them would have gotten it i think would have understood that water on this side goes that way okay and water on this side goes that way yeah
0: actually there's a, a river in upstate new york that in indian is river runs north yeah which i don't know what north would have meant to you know a native american i'm sorry if i said indian um but the, i guess after a while it'd be like yeah this one goes this way and this one goes that way that might mean something
1: yeah i mean and i think if you're you're existing in a point where there aren't all the distractions we have now you know, it's probably you're probably much. We would more totally in. miss
0: that now. No, we
1: would, because we're not. I'd we be looking at my phone while as I walked past the river, right? Yeah, I well,
0: people still are convinced that in the below the hemisphere, uh, the, f- the flush goes, in, yeah. which is is not. It's the pitch of the bowl. Yeah. Congratulations. It, yeah. It like, <laughs> doesn't work that way. If you did it. We could do a TikTok on that. Could do TikTok. That, that would blow people's been. minds. That's that's a perfect TikTok. Yeah. If yeah. I had a TikTok account, I would do it, but
1: give it time. I don't. Give it
0: time. I'm not. I can, I, my limit on social media networks is five. That's, that's <laughs> it. It used to be three.
2: <laughs> we just discussed this yesterday. I think we have 10 platforms that we manage.
0: A lot of pipes. Yeah. Oh, so many pipes. I mean, that's, that's, that's our problem, which we, you know, every day, we're trying to solve, is which pipes are we putting it out? We have right. the content. We're trying to find the right pipes to get it out to people.
1: Well, like I said, we have the biggest sewer system, and most of it goes straight to social media. I
0: just put it all in all the pipes. Because if there was was just one button to do that, too, it'd be great. But there isn't
2: just talking about that yesterday. And I said, we just got to do them all because you never know what stakeholder is going to go to what What platform or pipe and look for what picture or video or podcast, so to speak.
0: I mean, imagine during the times of Batman. Right. If this were a problem, he would never arrive to the scene where he'd need to rescue someone. He had the bat signal. But now, like, where is he getting the signal from? I would Is it, is like is like it a from text. Instagram? Or? No. No, well, maybe he doesn't. Some people don't text anymore.
1: Here, here's what I never understood. And I love Batman. What did Batman do during the day? You can't see that thing. No. Maybe noon. he's just a
0: wealthy guy yeah. living in a mansion. But what
1: if you needed Batman? Like, why didn't the criminals just plan their, their attacks at noon?
2: He Gotham never would have known. Gotham's not that scary during the day.
1: I guess not.
0: And I think you mentioned this, Brian. The Batman, the true Batman character, is good or evil. Whichever is necessary for the public at that time. He would be the hero or he'd be the villain to help people. The hero we deserve. He was so, he was so giving. Mm. <laughs> Benevolent. <laughs> and he was the only superhero who didn't have superpowers. That's right. He was just super rich. Well, you know, like I Black know. Widow. She doesn't have superpowers. No? Mm-mm. Okay. See, again, I'm not a big super... Well, in the, the in maybe,
1: maybe in the DC universe, but in the Marvel universe, there's quite a few. That oh, don't.
0: yeah. Well, I'm a Marvel guy. So. Yeah.
1: Have you seen the new Black Widow movie? I have not yet seen it either. I, it, I haven't been to a theater. And I, I will, I'll go to a movie by myself. I don't even care. I love going to a theater to see a movie, but I haven't been to a theater in two years.
0: The last blockbuster that was supposed to be in a the theater that never made it that I saw was Tenet.
1: Mm. I watched I, it on HBO Max. I
0: watched it three times. I, and I, read, I, I read the read-throughs, and it's still confusing. I'm with you. And I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan. Yep. He really got me this time.
1: I watched it, and I was like, I am sure that this made sense to someone. I don't think it <laughs> does. I, I doubt it, it makes was sense
0: written. to
1: him. I'm I, I, just I, messing with you now at this point.
2: Yeah. let I mean, just put this a crap movie out, that's, out
0: there. It's, it's, yeah, don't listen to this if you haven't watched it, but it's been out so long. It's just a movie that goes forward, and then it reaches a point in the middle, and it goes backwards again. Yeah. It's, really, it, yeah. it's as simple as that, but it's so complicated I, in the way that it's played I, out. So
1: many of his movies kind of Mess with you with time and and the way time is displayed
0: relativism
1: Rel- exactly about. that for him to keep any of it straight because he has a vision when he starts executing sure. it in his mind how how smart Christopher Nolan must really be and I'm not to say like oh my God ten amazing he's a genius because I think you at some point need to relay it in a way that people actually understand what you're trying to say and I think a lot of his movies get lost on people but that he can conceptualize that blows
0: me. Away yeah. he, he collaborates with his brother, who I believe does a lot of the writing, and, and maybe Christopher Nolan does a lot of the, the big picture type of mm-hmm. you know, how are we going to put this in a movie? But his topics are really far out and really cool if you sit there. I love to watch movies, that's why I'm a big fan of David Lynch because it's you can't just watch the end and figure it out. David Lynch, was about he it. Twin Peaks? Yes, yeah, yes.
1: he's another guy who has you watch it and you're like, what is happening?
0: Yes. but... If you go back, for instance, Mulholland Drive is yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, it's a love story, really, but there's That's a his point
2: no, noir kind of. Yeah, 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 it
0: was like about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. There's a point in the movie where he's literally telling you that this is all not true. This is not happening. They go into this <laughs> cafe. I think it's called. I have not seen it. Yeah, it's been but but, a but the, while. there's a guy who's on stage and he's basically saying, "This is all a trick. This is all not real. So stop believing that." yeah and and you watch it the first time, and you you fall for it anyway because i mean that I that's that
1: is a david lynch thing that yes. he'll br- he'll break the fourth wall not directly, but he'll throw it right at you
2: well, in Twin Peaks wasn't the narrator the Twin I watched Peaks,
1: Twin Peaks when I was twelve.
2: It never really 13. made sense <laughs> yes, that was because
0: the, <laughs> the bob character right. was everyone it was sort of inhabiting uh-huh. different people, remember they would find. The letters in people's fingernails. Right. and st- that, yeah. was, and like that was really just throwing crazy. It off. And and yeah. what about the the lodge, where they're talking backwards and there's red curtains. And I they... I have to go back and watch it because I think it's on one of the streams. It's on services. Hulu. I I, like... I
1: I watched the first like stream the first season on Hulu because I have friends who would not shut up about how great it was, and I'm, I got on the first. And I'm one that I'm a completionist. Like even if I'm not mm-hmm. big on the, I still watch The Walking Dead and I just complain about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I watched hate, that first hate, season. Good hate watching. I right? do. I hate watching that. And I was like, I can't. I can't do. I know there's only two of them from the original series, but I can't sit through another one. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
0: I, I just love watching like TV shows and, and movies and reading books where you're part of the creation and you're filling some of the blanks. I used to love Mad Libs when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I love being an, a participant. There are some times where you just don't want to be the participant, and, that, and that's fine. I watch that kind of stuff, yeah,
2: too. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think what show was one of the last shows broadcast or cable or otherwise that was one of those kind of Lost. Appointment. Exactly. That's exactly what Lost I was thinking. Lost
0: would, would not survive on broadcast. television. Right. It's a great streaming mm-hmm. thing. And right. And I actually, because of my shift, I never watched it until later, and I streamed it. I, I bulldozed yep. the whole thing. And I loved it. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, and it I think that because I watched it differently than everyone else. And I think yeah. the
2: DVR was just coming out at that point. Yes, I was at go. the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, and, and at Comcast they had given us the DVRs to use. And um, we were watching that. And then The Sopranos in the same kind mm. of um, time frame. But Lost was one of those shows that you had to watch because you needed to be in the discussion the next yes. day. yes. Or you were out of the loop. Yes, yeah, so you, you wouldn't have out any the friends. <laughs> be, yeah. I, this show sucks, but I need friends, so yeah. I'm going to go ahead and watch this. We, and used,
1: we used to watch it in like the common room in the dorm. Mm-hmm. It was there, like 10 of us that would get together, and we'd all watch it. And, and then people would be like, coming in from parties, and be like,
0: shut up. Shut up. It's on. Shut this up. Is the, this is the show. hmm
1: Yeah. Anyway, all right,
0: Matt. This has been fun. But, I enjoy. Yeah? I think we have a lot right. of common interests. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure, man. We should
0: do this every week.
1: Uh, you are welcome to come back anytime <laughs> you want. We'll do another one.
2: I don't know if the half-day uh, thing nah, is going to work out for wouldn't you. probably work uh, out. Do you have any vacations planned this summer? Are you going away? You I, doing... I
0: have a couple. Um, nice. I, I'm a big golfer, so I try to make sure that that's part of the vacation. Nice. Yep. My son and I like to play, nice. and my daughter and my wife like the beach. I just played, so in, the, we played, lived happily.
1: played in a big tournament this weekend. Uh, New York Where? Country Club's okay. member guest. Tournament and um, maybe
0: you can invite Matt for the next memory. If races.
1: you ever want to play Newark, let me know. Okay. Happy to have you.
0: Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. He probably yeah, doesn't know sure. where Newark is. Oh, He'll come on. Yeah, you'd have that's to Newark it out. of the Covenant. That's why they call it Newark. <coughs> it's Newark. It's Newark. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs>
1: let me tell you though, 100 and, 102 degrees out, and then we, we played six, sixty-three holes. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it's slow. Oh, yeah, it's rough. Golf is if you can pay attention for maybe 90 seconds but in five second increments you'd be a great golfer because that's really all it is it's true think about the 18 holes if you just focus for like 90 seconds you would have been fine it's hard i love golf golf.
1: well you're not you're not playing anything but yourself that's really it's all in your head so
2: you're you're chester county and
0: mayor of easttown did you watch mayor of easttown I have not. Is that on HBO? Yes. That's one I don't have. I've I, watched sort of the, like social first media episode. networks, I only can have five streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I appreciate, uh, apparently she nailed the Delaware County accent better than anyone else who's not from Delaware County.
1: Oh, SNL did a great riff on it. Which if really? you even if you haven't seen the show, you'll appreciate but the Tina S-
0: Fey is obviously very good. She's yeah. Not, but she wasn't in that. Yeah, but no. all these other people. She's done
1: other
2: doing. The, but yes, yes, her and Amy Poehler with their Boston accent and their. Uh,
1: the thing. Elon Musk episode of SNL, they did the like a riff on down. If you uh, just just go look at the clip, it's it's fantastic. I don't
0: watch programming on other stations. Oh, is that <laughs> it? Is it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yep. it's great to have you. We're nice. going to have you back next week. Okay. Same time. All right. We should probably just do this Facebook Live and and get like a real membership, uh, a viewership growing on
1: it. One day we will set up cameras in here and we'll, we'll do it. We'll schedule
0: it right in the middle of it's our hard. comms you're, meeting. It's hard. You're you're competing against all other distractions, so better be good. Yeah. Well, what's on channel six right
1: now? Now what time is it? Ten. Oh no, that's it's. Eleven o'clock.
0: Ten forty-five. Oh, it's at uh, Tamron Hall. Right. Temple University. Yeah, there you go. Yes.
1: All right, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, John. Thanks, Brian. Easily, easily the longest podcast we've done.
0: We did it. Did we set the record? <laughs>
1: we might have.
0: If we didn't, I can go another 30 <laughs> seconds.
1: <laughs> I don't doubt we'd go another 30 seconds. Run minutes. the clock out. <laughs> even Jack Markell's wasn't this long. No, his was the shortest one we've ever done. He He's was like, busy man. he was like in and out. We didn't even, I had to like make a photo for him. We didn't even have time to get L- the
0: photo done. Lisa Blunt Rochester.
1: Hers was, hers was a, a, a little over an hour. She was a good one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I talked to her on Inside Story, our political show. Yeah. She was great. Right after the January 6th insurrection. Oh, and yeah, she, she gave was, a very good She was account. right in there. So Yeah, for I, sure. I'm, I'm making it longer. No, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> trying. <laughs> All right. All right, you got it. You got the thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Matt. You. Appreciate you. Go Hens. Go Hens.